0: this is our Sober Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Steph. We're two women from opposite sides of the world who have found each other in sobriety.
1: We want to create a community and a culture where sobriety is something to be proud of. Please join us every week to hear our take on all things sober. You are not alone. Let's make sobriety the fun choice. Absolutely.
0: Um, And if you're experiencing side effects or issues uh, with your drinking, it's important. Um, that you seek professional advice, if it's putting you in danger or seriously impacting your life. We're not professionals. We're just two people with a story to share and a message to spread. Enjoy the show. Steph, it's our first podcast. Yes. Yes. Um, we've called it This Is Us Sober, um, which mm-hmm. I credit to you, Steph, because of obviously your Instagram. Yeah, yep. This is Steph this Sober, is Steph sober. Yep, this is Steph Sober. Um, So I'm Sarah and um, I'm joined by Steph and this is Us Sober. So we're two women from um, two different sides of the world who came together via Sober Instagram um, to essentially find the support we needed to get through the early days of uh, sobriety. So um, we essentially decided that we wanted to be the change we wanted to see, and we wanted to share our story and experiences, and just try to help other people navigate this um,
1: adventure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Steph, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yes. Uh, my name is Steph, and as of today, I am two hundred and thirty day, days or two hundred and thirty-two days sober.
0: So yeah. sober.
1: Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, uh, live in Omaha, Nebraska, so I am in the middle of America and, um, yeah, I'm a mom, a wife, uh, my daughter is going to be 14 tomorrow.
0: So, <laughs> so yep,
1: that's exciting stuff, uh, starting high school on Wednesday, so yeah, we've got some big things coming up and yeah, I'm a stay at home mom, um, who, you know, got lost in the drinking, and uh, I'm starting a blog. It is also called This is Stuff Sober, but it is brand new. Um, yeah, hasn't been birthed. It is crowning. <laughs> <laughs> a little tough to pay coming out. Yep, it is crowning, but we're getting there, um, learning new things, um, which I will accredit sober because I just, don't know if I would have even had the whereabouts or confidence to do any of this so that's (laughs) got to add that in there for sure but yeah Mm. um that's a little bit about me um what about you Sarah how many days sober are you oh yeah
0: yeah but when we first started trying to record this i was 136 days and nine hours but now <laughs> on take two i forgot my hours <laughs> i'm 136 days and 10 hours um, oh, that's great <laughs> at the beginning of april shortly before that um so yeah i'm a, I'm a little bit behind you and I've, I've definitely taken your lead um on a lot of things because you've got that extra hundred more days under your belt yeah um <laughs> it's not the first time i've i've tried for sure it's just the first time that's you know really stuck you know the shift Dark. when you when, when the shift happens oh, you yeah. know the shift oh yeah yep. um yep. so i have two kids i've got two girls one is 11 and one's 13. i live on the central coast um in australia so um out, i guess in the the sticks <laughs> um <laughs> I run a couple of businesses and I work in a um, search engine optimization agency as well down in Sydney, so I commute. Um, I love to run. Steph, um, important part that you didn't mention that you are a budding weightlifter as well, which is oh, something that you yes. <laughs> have to get into it's that new, later. No, it's
1: new. I'm yes. going to drop you into all the things. <laughs> uh, yep. So
0: yeah, today I think We really wanted to discuss, um, how we met, um, Mm -hmm. the role that we've played for each other, um, Mm -hmm. and just generally introduce ourselves. And then, um, we'll be coming to you, um, weekly with just different topics and maybe interviewing some different people and just sharing our sober story and trying to pave the way, I guess, for other people who want to make this choice or just curious about what it's like to live sober. Um, Steph, one thing we talked about and kind of what we were going to, I guess, thinking with structure this conversation around is um, about those support systems and, you know, social sponsors, as we've kind of coined it, Um, and we were talking about maybe the role of the sponsor in kind of that typical AA speak and why AA wasn't something that we really thought would fit for us. Do you -hmm. you start off by maybe talking about how um, what your drinking looked like um, and I guess why you took the approach that you did to, to yeah. stopping drinking, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my drinking, um, I was more, I would classify myself more as a binge drinker. So um, really would drink to get drunk for sure. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I would take a few days off, but not a lot. Uh, But that is kind of what kept me from, you know, really classifying myself as an alcoholic because I didn't ever really feel like there was this physical need for alcohol. Um, For me, it was definitely more mental. I really was trying to just escape. Um, I'm very introverted and I'm surrounded by extroverts. So I was really using alcohol to keep up with that. A lot of anxiety, alcohol really helped calm that down for me. Um, And yeah, just emotional, like emotions. You know, we've lived here in Omaha for 11 years. And one thing that I've kind of figured out since getting sober Uh, is that I really did struggle with moving away from all our friends and family. I had a lot of really, really good friends back home. And we were really close. And we had just all started having our kids. And we were going to raise them together. And I really drowned out missing them and drowned with the alcohol. Like, looking back now, um, because I always wanted everyone to think I was okay. I think that was a big thing for me is... I just wanted to seem like everything was okay. And alcohol was a huge Mm -hmm. crutch and really helped me with getting, well, what I thought was helping me get through that um, (laughs) until it didn't. Right. Cause then that's what happens is it just, it really, we use it in the wrong ways um, a lot of times. So, so yeah, I did. um, Everyone around me all my life has been drinkers. Um, and so for me, it was very scary to make the decision to not drink because I didn't know what that meant for my relationships. I didn't know where I would fit in. Alcohol definitely bonded me, or so I thought, with everyone. It was the glue. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, at every event, every holiday, every celebration. Um, yeah, it was just what what I used to socialize and, and get along. So um, it took a couple of years of testing it out, but I, I knew for a couple of years that it was a problem. Um, and yeah, I finally, um, after a horrible hangover on vacation, uh, just decided like no more. And um, yeah, I, I didn't actually quit, but I cut way back. And I actually, my last my last glass of wine was the day or was Christmas day. So December 26th is my official sober date. And it's um, easy one to remember. I, I know it is actually. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, I went the first 99 days like with no support. There was no one else in my life that was like, Hey, yeah, I want to get sober too. Like, let's do this together. Um, And so that was really tough for me. Uh, I think I I do recall that January, just telling everyone it was just going to be a dry January because I wasn't quite ready to own it, but I knew in my mind, like this is it. I just wasn't quite ready to, you know, put it out there and have those hard conversations with people because I just didn't know what that would mean. And I was still trying to hold on to a lot of friendships, but, um, Yeah. So it wasn't until my 99th day I decided to start a sober Instagram because I'm very introverted and AA was not going to be an option for me because that's just too much. That's just too many people. That's too much standing up and talking. That's not my jam. Um, I like one-on-one, which is exactly what I found when I got on sober Instagram because you actually reached out to me. Slid into my DMs <laughs> and I couldn't have been happier. But yeah, I mean, like it, it's it, it's very equivalent, I would say, to getting a sponsor at a, through AA. Um, but it's also another introvert. I mean, it's just I just can't believe like the more I've gotten to know you, because I think it was ap- end of April. Um, I'd have to look. But, you know, the more I've gotten to know you, it's just like how much we are alike in so many ways and like the things that we go through. we keep discovering
0: more ways too.
1: Yeah. And they're Mm. so similar and it's so comforting. And I think um, there's a lot of women like us, you know, there's gotta be so many Mm. out there um, that are just like us that, you know, just feel lost and especially in their sobriety and they don't know where to go. And, and so, yeah, if like our story can, inspire them to you know find someone or even reach out to us i mean sober instagram is like yeah i mean sober instagram is like the best place i feel if you're introverted i mean extroverted too i I don't want to like exclude them but i don't feel but i also feel like extroverts don't need that added little push or help like us introverts need you know that's right when we're sober when we're sober we really don't even know how to like communicate and function with people so yeah I just so that's kind of my like my story up until meeting you and Mm. and uh yeah I don't know if I'm leaving anything out but
0: oh look it'll all come we're going to be chatting every week it'll all come out (laughs) anyway yeah
1: well there's so many things and I think that's it yeah we have so many things to discuss but yeah so so excited uh, I know I know (laughs) um all right, Sarah, so let's hear, let's hear about your drinking habits and yeah, yeah. Well, what actually, led you to sobriety.
0: Um, you were, I, I just wanted to start with something else that I, um, I posted on one of my accounts the other day, because it, it speaks to what you said about, there's probably a lot of women like us. I'll read it to you. I'll, I'll post it in our show notes as well, but um, yes, yes. it says, um, so it's this woman lying, lying down and she's kind of looking exhausted and it says, so you're telling me. I'm supposed to keep my child alive educate and play with them and keep them off their tablet and tv keep the house clean keep my relationships alive cook meals and keep track of bills have my own career and aspirations and goals manifest my dream life meditate go out with friends and keep my friendships alive because it's not all about being a mum be a size eight walk ten thousand steps a day work out five times a week eat healthily and do all that on four hours sleep cool <laughs> It's like, no wonder we drink.
1: No <laughs> wonder, it's so true,
0: right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I know a lot of it is pressure that we put on ourselves, but um for me, mm-hmm. it was certainly the case mm-hmm. with my drinking. So AA would never have worked for me um, because I genuinely don't believe I was ever an alcoholic. My drinking um, just became really habitual. Um, so I would red wine was my thing. Uh, Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I loved it too so good (laughs) Um, but not good
0: enough to justify Uh -uh. what ended up happening which was Uh that I was I mean I was waking up a little like fluffy in the head because obviously you only know how fluffy in the head you were once you stopped drinking for a good patch It's Um, so true so yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's funny how how little you know about how your brain actually works when it's you know covered in a booze fog but you know i drink probably half a bottle of um wine a night um and mm-hmm. probably a mm-hmm. bit more on the weekend So it wasn't a light drinker but you know i, I didn't i didn't um tend to, to to binge i guess yeah mainly because i'm always up really early running and stuff like that so it wasn't really um it, you know it didn't equate but um i just found as time went on, because I was, you know, operating through the booze haze, um, I wasn't really engaged in anything I was doing, so I was just wishing the day away with anything I was doing, with the kids at work, um, anything, anything. Mm -hmm. I would wish it away Mm -hmm. for the time that I was sitting on the couch at the end of the day with the red wine. And it just, over time, it just started to feel really irksome to me. It was like what am I doing? You know, like, what am I doing? And this is over a long period of time. I I think my first attempt at kind of cutting out the drinking habit would have been in my late 20s. Like, yeah, I had my kids pretty early. I had Poppy when I was 27. Um, And I, and that's sort of when I kicked smoking. Um, And then I, I remember it wasn't, Poppy was small when I first tried, you know, when I first realized mm, this isn't really mm-hmm. serving me. Um, and it's always been at odds with my fitness regime as well. So it's just that there was always a value incongruence that going on.
1: Yeah. You had a definite awareness early.
0: Yeah, I did. I think it's because I grew up in a household with alcohol as well. And my mum my mom never mm-hmm. drank but my dad drank a lot. Um and you know the uni and all that kind of stuff we always got on it it was just so it was always around but i was i was always wary and my grandmother i mm-hmm. um, sub is now you know it's, it's something that's always been talked about in my house so yeah in april um i remember saying to my husband I, i've told you this stuff it's so funny to look back on it now um and i was just so over it i'd had like you had it you know the concert that you went to where you just like i've had enough i had one of those so i'd had one too many cocktails or something i just woke up feeling blur i think i'd missed a training session i was like i'm so effing done like i'm done i said to steve Mm. i'm doing 100 days and um he's like babe really 100 i think you should just try seven (laughs) and here i am so um and to be fair to him he at that point had actually reduced his drinking a lot as well so steve probably historically has drunk more than me but he is now down to i think he keeps himself like six standard drinks a week um oh wow so he's yeah. got all the benefits as well so you know yeah like, for sure massive credit to you steph because you your environment hasn't changed at all and you've managed to not. stay on the path so yeah um, and i think that's where you know social sponsors can really help because
1: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. there's
0: plenty of people on sober instagram so you can find the person that gels with you we just got really lucky that it was kind of but i i, I knew i was vibing you and i slid into your dms um <laughs> <laughs> we've following each other for a bit but um yeah you know you can it doesn't have to be people in your immediate periphery because i don't know about you but i tended to Except for my closest friends who have never been big drinkers, shout out to you, Doves and Leah. I made sure that they um, were okay with me using their names and they were like, I'd be so proud. Oh, <laughs> so yes. I had to drop it in there. Neither of them. Shout out. <laughs> shout out. Yes.
1: Um,
0: so, but um, I don't, when, when you do drink a lot, you tend to surround yourself with the other people who will facilitate your ability to drink a lot. Right. So in social circumstances and stuff like that, And I know you're the same, Steph. Um, You know, I would tend to gravitate to the people that would drink more, not necessarily to the people that I had more of a connection with. I think you really understand who you have a connection with when you stop drinking so much. So Mm
1: -hmm, um, mm -hmm.
0: if you've orchestrated your life in that way, sometimes when you decide to quit, you can feel really ostracised. And I think that's where sober Insta or, you know, um, social sponsors and support can really come into play.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I don't think I understood um, the loneliness that would come with getting sober you know you think that the struggle is gonna be not drinking and I think I mean I can only speak for myself and maybe you can agree but once you've actually made your mind up to quit it's pretty easy to quit Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, now dealing with the fallout. Like, what does that mean for your life now? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when I would say I wasn't physically addicted to alcohol. Like you said you wouldn't have classified yourself as an alcoholic. Like, to me, an alcoholic is someone who's physically addicted. Like they medically need help to get off of alcohol. Like they can't just mm. quit like you or I did without, mm. you know, getting very ill or having seizures or whatever. That That's mm. my, in my mind, what an alcoholic is. Mm, same, and same. I know it, I, and yeah, and I know that like, it's kind of, you know, there's some gray areas and people talk about it differently, but to me, that's what it was. And so it wasn't, terribly hard because once I realized that it wasn't for me anymore and the reasons behind my drinking I knew were not good for me and I knew that a lot of it was just trying to keep up with everyone around me and and feeling included and part of something because we all want to feel part of something but I couldn't just be a part of that anymore so yeah it is hard um you know, my husband does still drink. He has cut back, I will say, um, especially when I look at like where we were this time last year, which was probably the height of my drinking um, was last summer. It was really, really bad. Um, I mean, I was on like 12-hour binges on the weekends um, just My my anxiety was through the roof. Like I just wanted to crawl out of my skin most days. And you know, looking that way, um, I do have to give him credit because, yeah, I mean, compared to that, he has cut back, but he does still drink. Um, I have friends that are still drinking. Um, I do have a friend that I would classify as a normal drinker. So her and I are still fairly close and still get together because she doesn't need to drink and it's not weird. And it's not, I think some people that in my life that still drink pretty heavily, it is hard to be around me because they don't know, like, is it okay to drink around her? Is that going to trigger her? And then, so it's sometimes it's just easier to just not be around me at all. And I understand that. And And we'll probably, we can dive into all that type of stuff Mm. in another podcast. But yeah, so it's, it's, my situation definitely is a little different as far as like my social circles and who I'm around. And um, I, real quick, I grew up with alcohol present as well, but I think it was in a different way than you because my parents both drank And I, I mean, I couldn't tell you that there was a problem because obviously I was young and I didn't have the whereabouts, but I don't feel there was a problem. Um, I don't feel like, you know, there was abuse or violence because of alcohol or anything like that. I actually remember alcohol being fun. Like I remember them being more fun when they were drinking and it was what they did and their friends did and they went out. And I think that's why it was so easy for me to fall in it, into it as well, because I just, I didn't see it as something bad because I was raised around all this good stuff with it. So, um, yeah, I think that's just kind of why I ended up where I was. It's just, it was, I was in, and like I said, when I said to you, you had the whereabouts so young, like. I, my, tw- oh man, I was, no, there would have been no way I would have even thought about quitting drinking in my 20s. Like, there's just, I, I, not even close, not even close. So, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it didn't do me much good because yeah, I'm 41 now and I'm only just stopped drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't do me much good. There's two things actually um, that I'm, I'm just writing notes as you speak. Yeah. Um, so for the listeners, I reckon there's two things that we'll cover in the next couple of weeks based on that you um just talked about um i've already forgotten one because that's what i do but the second one was that that <laughs> piece of um oh no that, that, that i've just, just remembered it that piece of my yes piece of, yeah there you go um the first one is um about um how you act as a mirror for people who are still drinking if they have issues with their mm-hmm. own drinking and about how you end up having to um uh almost placate their issues Mm -hmm,
1: um mm -hmm.
0: and to to because they'll i mean and i think that we do need to do a whole episode on it but that whole thing you need to navigate in the first couple of months of um oh yeah i don't drink that much either and then you have to get into the whole thing about their drinking and oh yeah every sober person will tell you and I, i cannot agree with it more none of us care about how other people drink Mm-mm. we just we just don't so like hot tip people we don't care like we just don't yeah
1: care. yeah you don't need to justify you don't need so, to justify it to us no <laughs> like,
0: in fact our sobriety might be boring to you your lack thereof is boring to us so yeah <laughs> like, yeah exactly um, right and another piece um that we've talked about before as well of that um fun versus enjoyment so you know the the fun where you know people are disinhibited and um you know they might do silly things they might say silly things and they might overshare Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but often you can wake up from that and be like oh that doesn't feel right you know but at the time it seemed like a lot of fun that's not enjoyable that's that's different it's a different thing it's not like you've had a real connection with another person enjoyed a, a, the genuineness of an experience and i think
1: mm-hmm, um mm-hmm.
0: that's something that you really that's something that you really do get out of sobriety once the all oh, steve <laughs> anyway we'll just ignore that my yeah i cannot seem to close my messenger um tab people and my my gorgeous husband has been communicating me with a lot <laughs> with me <laughs> a lot it's messenger. fine it's fine um so i think yeah. there's two things that we we can definitely cover but i think um yeah, the, the role that um, the other people outside your sphere can play um, is huge. And I think, Steph, you're, again, a really good example of that. And maybe you can talk about the, the structure that you've put around yourself, um, because it's pretty incredible. Like, obviously, we've talked about me, but there are other sort of people that you've managed to um, bring around you that have really helped orchestrate everything that's that up to you now becoming sort of, you know, I guess, and you'd hate me saying this, so I won't, I want to say influencer, but I won't but you know, you're kind of becoming somebody who will be, um, (laughs) you know, a change maker in this space you know, you're going to do blogging and all that kind of stuff. Um, But that's been a process. So maybe you can introduce, you know, outside of your immediate circle, kind of what you've done to create your social sponsors and your social structure.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, it is a lot, this is going to maybe sound cheesy, but it is a lot about going inward. I remember around month five of sobriety, I really went in like in deep because I, I was grieving the fact that like things just weren't the same in my social circle. And, but I also knew that it, that it was okay. Like I was doing this for me. There was an actual like realization that my life before that was all about keeping everyone else comfortable and happy and having a good time and being there for them. And I really put myself in like how I was feeling on the back burner. So I think that was like the first step was like awakening to that and then deciding I needed some therapy. And like therapy is the like best thing to do Uh in sobriety, especially if you feel like you don't have a lot of support and um my therapist is sober so i highly recommend that as well because you will find that the more people that you can communicate with that um are sober the more heard you feel because those people actually celebrate and care nobody else and that was another realization i had to have too with myself is that nobody else really cares about my sobriety like I do and that's okay but I had to quit putting so much weight in that and like expecting applause from pe- from the wrong people like you just can't and I, you know accepting that was hard for me so so that's, there was that and
0: so true though yeah it's it's like it's yeah it when I mean I think it's the same for you it kind of dissipates over time. But at the beginning, it's everything. every, we've talked about it. It's every waking moment. It's
1: everything. It's all you think about. Um, Yeah. And you want everyone else to just like be in it with you. Like, Mm. Oh my God. You know, like you just, that's all you want to talk about. And um, Mm. so, yeah, so I, I've, I've got, I started um, working out, which is something that I've never been able to like fully do with alcohol in my life. Um, I've always wanted to, I feel like there's this fit person inside of me just screaming to get out. And she's finally just kicking ass. Let me tell you, Um, (laughs) like, I am so proud of that because it has been every bit of almost eight months now where I have been consistent and I will tell you finding something that you can be consistent with will also help you in your sobriety because it's just another way that you can prove to yourself that you can do something and consistency is key like it's key when you think about any aspect of your life like mm-hmm. something doing something every single day and making a choice to doing it to doing it is just it's where it's at like that's where the magic happens and so 100%.
0: it's like Lennon says I, you can do hard things
1: yeah, I mean, you really can, and I—I I don't think you can do hard things though when alcohol is in—is in your life. You just can't. Like, right. you think it's gonna help you, but you—you you can't. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, and I don't know a lot of people who can. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. So yeah, so it's just—it's kind of like reinventing the wheel, and it's reinventing your life, and it's reinventing like what you want that to look like, and it is so much clearer. With a sober mind, and I don't know. I enjoy the boredom. At first, it was scary, but now I enjoy it. You know, I don't feel like I'm the I'm living my true introvert life that I was meant to live. You know,
0: it's it's really nice to be able to just genuinely say no to things um this is Mm -hmm, is a side it doesn't really relate to what we're talking about but um because I was always so wary of how much I drank I'd always have to look at social situations for how much I thought I would drink there because I was afraid so like Mm -hmm, if it was a mm -hmm. scenario with people and I'd think okay well I'll probably uh, you know I would ordinarily drink a lot at that that thing rather than being excited about going to that dinner party or that blah 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 blah, I'd actually be more trepidatious about it because I was worried yeah. about what that would look like. Um, just mm-hmm. so weird in retrospect. It's like when you get when you cut all that stuff away and you don't have to worry about picking up a bottle of wine on the way to blah 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 or how much you'll drink when you go to blah blah blah, or, you know, like all that kind of stuff, everything is so much more enjoyable.
1: Yeah, um, you can relax.
0: Mm, you can actually relax and enjoy it for mm-hmm. what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's hard one. Those first couple of months are, are really pretty shit. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: They are. They're really hard. They yeah. are really hard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so, yeah, Steph and I talk, um, you know, this is our recipe for social sponsorship anyway, but, I mean, everyone will have their <laughs> own. But
1: Steph and I right. check
0: in via Voxer pretty much Mm -hmm. daily and have done for quite a long time now. And um, it's just, you know, we'll check in on, I mean, more things than just sobriety now as friendships, you know, you know, friendships evolve. Absolutely. To begin with, it was like, you know, um, yeah, really about just getting through, particularly for me, because it was very, very early on for me. I mean, I'm different from you in so far as. I decided to be sober and two days later I was on so Instagram. I'm not anymore. I'm already over that. I was like, oh, yeah, you right are I'm done with that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> done with that. Okay. Got the t-shirt. on. Um, <laughs> but um, Although now we've got our podcast on, so that'll be good. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, but whereas you took a hundred days to kind of reach out that way, but, um,
1: yeah.
0: you know, we, we, we check in with each other. We talk about the, the struggles and the annoyances and all of that kind of stuff. And I think, um, a lot of the way for me anyway and obviously i'd really like um for you to share how this has sort of worked for you is the specific ways that it's helped me navigate the first couple of months of sobriety is that it normalized things i was feeling so Mm. um, when i was feeling irritable or um you know like things were a bit empty you know like um What's there to look forward to? Kind of stuff to hear that you know somebody else had a similar kind of um, response was really validating for me because you know, unless you become sober alongside somebody at the very same time, which I would imagine would be fairly rare. It really is a very, very isolating solo journey. So Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm.
0: that normalization was probably what I got out of our social sponsorship sort of contract
1: early. What about you, Steph? I would 100% agree with that. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, having that um, validation. And it was even the good stuff too, right? Like Mm, the cloud. I mean, like talking oh, that about that with pink someone. Cloud. <laughs> uh, what I would do for a pink oh, cloud right now. I love now. the pink
0: cloud, pink cloud, <laughs> <the> marshmallow, bouncy
1: <laughs> on the marshmallow. So great. So, so great. great. And for those who don't know, the pink cloud is the euphoria that those of us in recovery feel. And it's just because we actually haven't experienced real. Real. joy. <laughs> it is so real. And I think it, I think that, uh, The universe gives us that because we didn't get to experience true joy for so long while we were boozing it up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, here, it's like your little reward nugget. Like, here you go. Like, yeah, it's been shit and it's not fun having to feel your emotions now or deal with whatever you were running from with the alcohol. But here's this lovely little pink cloud. And doesn't this feel amazing? Because this Mm -hmm. is this is what you were missing out on. I mean, I really think that's what it's there for. Our bodies just love us that much and know what to do and give us when we, what we need, when we need it. But back to our going back and forth with boxer and supporting each other. Like, I just don't know how I would have got through it without having someone that just could Mm -hmm. full on understand because yeah, there's, there's just a lot of, Dark moments, and to just be able to get on there and have that safe space to just let it out, and for someone on the other side to just be like, oh, "I'm right there. I'm in the trenches mm-hmm. with you. I felt that too." I mean, there's just nothing better to yeah. help you through.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's why sober Instagram is. Such a thing, you know, and you don't know how much of a thing mm-hmm. is until you're in it. And there's a whole bunch yeah. of really awesome people on there from like all over the place and really helpful, really open people as well. Um, aside from me, is there anybody else that you speak to on a regular basis on
1: your sober Insta? You know, not on a like here and there. Nobody mm-hmm. as often as I, as I speak with you, mm-hmm. there is another gal. I'm not going to say names cause I just don't know how people feel, but I would <laughs> love to reach out to her about maybe getting her on our oh, podcast great. coming up Though, Um, yeah, she, I reached out to her actually, um, we DM'd back and forth. I think obviously she DM'd me first cause I am, I, I just have a hard time <laughs> with that. It's really weird. I have a hard time putting myself out there, but, Um, I did reach out to her my birthday weekend because I was struggling. Um, and it was just, I mean, she instantly got back to me. I mean, here's somebody complete stranger, honestly. And I just, I had, she already reached out to me once. I think she reached out and commented on something that I posted and talked about how she related. Right. So then there, there laid the groundwork where I felt like, okay, this is safe space. Like, she understands me. And so, yeah, I reached out to her, um, cause I was struggling with everyone drinking, um, for my birthday <laughs> and I wasn't. And then, uh, yeah, she really talked me through it and, and it was great. But I think honestly, um, a lot of the accounts I follow, I, I could, I could probably say all of them would be just as warm mm. to me. I, I don't see why they wouldn't be just
0: yeah absolutely you know the shared experience is really bonding
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it really is and mm. s- especially because this is like deep shit like this is like <laughs> deep stuff i mean like very vulnerable and yeah like i don't know why anyone in sober wouldn't be warm because we're all i guess We're all very raw right now, and Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but, yeah, it's just, you can't help but love each other Mm -hmm. because you know that's what, you know, like, you know that's what you need. Like, we all are just, like, we're so, God, I'm sorry, I'm just, like, kidding. Like, we're just, I don't know we're just i know need, what you mean like we're whittled down yeah, to yeah some yeah. of our parts yeah like we're just raw mm. and just yeah like we just want to give love and get love back
0: um yeah yeah, yeah it's it, you've, you've got to go through all of the feelings um and i think that shared experience is because that's why we drink right to to suppress mm-hmm. the don't have to deal with them. And to be honest, I don't know if it's the same with you, Steph, but I was drinking to suppress my feelings from 15. I don't think there's Mm -hmm, been
1: mm
0: -hmm. a a long, I don't think I've ever in my life. And again, this is probably something we can do an episode on really had to, um, what's process emotions, I don't think I've ever learned, I, I, I'd never learned that skill. I mean, i had been mm-hmm. through therapy and done all of that kind of stuff, but um, you know- All with alcohol though. 100%, anything hard would happen. Okay. And you know, Steph, I've been through some tricky stuff in the last week. I know you've been through some tricky stuff um, over the time that you've been sober as well. Yeah. And you don't, you react in a completely different way.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of the
0: things that I've been through recently, I would have soaked in red wine. I would have oh, just yeah. immediately, didn't even occur to me really until afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but early on you definitely notice because in the absence of being able to kind of just shut it down. (laughs) Right. um, Yeah, you really have to be like, oh, okay. And, you know, have the feelings of emptiness and, um, you know, deep kind of... um, discomfort about things mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, you know, that mm-hmm. you just have to sit with them and process and as you know i know because i've been on calls with you and whatnot when this mm-hmm. has been happening it dissipates so much quicker
1: so fast
0: so fast
1: yeah. yeah i mean you just never would have thought that that's how that works right mm. think, yeah it's crazy yeah it's crazy when you yeah, back yourself
0: you, being like, I'm going to process this. I'm going to really feel it. I'm going to move on. And you do.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, it hurts, but it's quick. Which, yeah,
0: you know, I'd rather have it hurt and be quick than have it be. to carry it. And, yeah. Yeah. And then like it really doesn't go
1: away. Yeah. No, it doesn't go yeah. away. Yeah, Which, you know, that's what I realized, you know, with my anxiety is. Uh, that's exactly what anxiety is. It's a built-up of emotions that have just never been processed. And yeah, yeah, I've had 20 plus years. Well, probably more than that. Cause like you just said, since you were 15, I mean, now that I think about it, I mean, I started drinking when I was 14 and um, there was a, probably a lot of that going on. If I think about it now, you know, yeah. I didn't realize it at the time, but, you know, looking back. I definitely yeah. did, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, you don't yeah. know
0: that at the time, it just seems like, oh, hang on, I'm drinking this, it tastes awful. I'm drinking this, it tastes awful. I'm drinking this, it doesn't taste too bad. Drinking this it doesn't taste too bad, and I feel great, you know. It's easy to, um, yeah, to fall into that trap. So, Steph, yeah, I, yep. um, think we've agreed that we'll end our episodes with um, a recommendation. So I had a recommendation. Well, I mean, I put that in our project management app. I don't know if you you actually agreed to that. I'm putting you on the spot. But um, okay. I, (laughs) I, yeah, I think because Mm -hmm. there are so many resources out there and I know that we sort a lot of them out early on and still do, um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, ending episodes with um, a recommendation for something that might help somebody that's either early on or struggling with something um Mm -hmm. i did have i did have an idea um which was a a drink i'll still i'll still get out because i love these not sponsored or anything but um these are particularly my favorite the italian spritz naked um, okay yeah non-alcoholic drinks i'm a sucker for non-alcoholic drinks steph not so much but i live not so much (laughs) so good i'm not
1: giving up on that i'm not giving up on that i you know I haven't given them all, I have to give them all a fair try, right? Like I haven't tried enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but I think every, this will probably be a whole podcast too, though. I think um, everyone finds their way on what works for them. Some people Mm -hmm. do need that. And some people just don't. I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm up until this point, I should say, I haven't really felt the need for it, but I am kind of feeling a pull now to maybe trying some. Mm. Um, And, you know, venturing out on those so yeah definitely definitely haven't closed the door on them but yeah you <laughs> definitely you are way more into the non-alcoholic love that scene <laughs> so yeah in fact i'm opening yeah. a store with my husband but we'll yes. talk more about that later as well but yes
0: i'm um, excited for that uh, me too but um yep. yeah I love, I love having something that makes Still makes me feel a little bit adult. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have the side effects. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: So that was my, that was what I was thinking of recommending. But, and you might share this recommendation with me, because I think this has had more of an impact on both of us than potentially hey, most other things. I wonder um, if it's what I'm guess thinking. Guess what it is? You, tell me, what do you think it is?
1: Sober Diaries?
0: Yes. Yes, I was oh, going to say. Oh, do it! <laughs> Anybody who is listening to us and thinking, yeah. oh, my God, They are so much like me and hasn't read Claire Claire Pooley's The Sober Diaries. Um, Read it. Please do. Read it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, there are so many
0: resources. Yeah, you will thank us. Thank us later. Um, Give Mm -hmm. us a five-star review. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, But um, I think, yeah, that that was formative for me. Um, She's so open, so warm, so open. Um, Yeah, definitely. That would be my recommendation.
1: Yeah. I, 100%. I, when did I read that? I started that end of April. So I was just four months sober and I needed it so bad at that point. Mm -hmm. Like it came at the perfect time and I'm pretty sure you recommended. Yeah. You did recommend it to me. Yeah. I, I found it on audible. I think, do you want to give a bit of background as to what it's about Steph? Yeah. I'm, um, she basically she's she was blogging um, about her sobriety and she turned it into a book. So it's kind of a um, she goes through the mile markers, the day markers, and the month markers of of getting sober. And she was a she she is a mom and um, a mother, and so like what it looked like for that. And uh, she was a big wine drinker, mm-hmm. um, very similar to our drinking, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, because Sarah and I have both talked about how we were we were never the drinkers that were like getting in trouble. <laughs> like, no, that's you not know, me. like that's not why I quit. I didn't quit because I was like getting DUIs and you know streaking naked down the street or doing anything <laughs> crazy. I I I don't feel like that was my life, and so she was just it's very relatable. So if you kind of relate to Sarah and I, I think you would really relate to Claire's book because it's just Mm. I mean the stuff she went through during Mm -hmm. her when she got sober is is kind of relatable too because I've gone through some pretty big things since being sober you know I've Mm. I've had a death in the family and just things like that that were very and the death in the family was very soon into my sobriety within the first two weeks and so that was Mm. just a really big true test you know and um, I had a cancer diagnosis, uh, but it was something very minor. Um, and Claire does too oh, in her mi- book. And so As
0: minor as a cancer diagnosis can be, Steph.
1: But it, it was. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, no, it sorry. was. I mean, it's still scary, but yes, it exactly. was. exactly. That's, what, yeah, I, that's what
0: I'm trying to say. That came out wrong. I want to say. I know, I'm I know, I know. <laughs> a cancer diagnosis is
1: never minor, is what I was trying to it say. It is never minor, but it was yeah. luckily, you know, very, very, early stages yeah took care of it it was a very thin melanoma so um, but glad it, it wasn't anything bigger. It was, yeah i mean but it's still scary and it was still a trigger mm. you know but it's also another reason why i don't drink because as we know alcohol can just mm-hmm. increase your risks with cancer and so just add that to the the checklist but um yeah so if you like I said, relate to Sarah and I, you would definitely relate to Claire. Like, I love her for writing that book, you know? Well, um,
0: Steph, we will um, have this up in a couple of days and then um, put, I think, um, a bunch of things in the show notes as well. I think uh, Mm -hmm. definitely a link to Claire's book we'll put in there. Yeah. Steph has a new blog as well, mm-hmm. um, which is really exciting. So we're gonna link that to. Um, Steph has amazing things to share and she's so eloquent um, about her journey and so open as well. So please do check that out. Um, and all of our socials will be on there as well. And um I don't know what day we're aiming to drop these, but we'll try and make it consistent every week. Um we'll be yeah. interviewing people as well as discussing topics. Um and uh, yeah, we really hope that I think you know. Steph and I have talked about this together. We really hope that even just one person who listens mm-hmm. to this makes the choice to make this change for themselves, or, or you know, even even just uh, reduces the amount they're drinking if if the amount they're drinking is feeling uncomfortable for them. And if if we can yeah. do that,
1: we're freaking happy days. Yes, yeah. I mm. mean, like, let's create a culture where it's not. Sh- like a, a shameful thing to be sober right like mm, so mm. many people don't like to talk about being sober because you're always questioned why you're not drinking and like mm-hmm. let's let's flip the script like oh let's God, make yes. this okay you know it's okay you don't let's need drinking drink. the lame choice yes
0: <laughs> yes in fact maybe yeah. that'll be the the title of this let's make drinking the lame choice yeah <laughs> the title yeah is- yeah. all right steph well um we'll see or what will we do we won't we'll speak to our listeners again next week yeah yes awesome all right bye wait. Steph. bye sarah thank you for listening to the this is our sober podcast if you know someone who is questioning their relationship with alcohol please share this podcast with them no one should feel alone in sobriety
1: If you like what we had to say, please give us a follow so that you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you're really into us, give us a five-star review.